even as a trans person or a non-binary person or whatever, we're pushed into these roles and like what you do and what you don't do and what you can and what you can't do. And it's just bullshit. Dickie, it's your mother. No, you never call me. I mean, I'm wondering, is your finger broken? Just don't tell my mother. It's your mother. 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 No, you never call me. Just don't tell my mother. Just Where the hell are you? You are never home. Hey, fam. I'm Nikki Levy, and welcome back to Don't Tell My Mother, where brilliant humans tell true stories they'd never want their moms to know. And then they tell their mothers. Happy Pride. We have an awesome guest today. They star in HBO's hit show, We're Here. It's a fabulous gay show. See it if you haven't. And of course, they've been on RuPaul's Drag Race and are coming back on June 24th for RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 6. I'm talking about the Queen of the South, Eureka O'Hara. This episode is so gay and so Southern, I had to invite the gayest, Southernest person I know to help me introduce Miss Eureka. What's up, Jen Cober? Hi. Hi, Hi Jen. <laughs> Jen. Guys, Jen, you got to know Jen. Jen is a brilliant comedian. You know, she's coming out in Black Monday, the new Apple TV show called The Browns. You're Jewish, but you're Southern and you're gay. So, you know. Jewish, Southern and gay. Did I have a choice in becoming a comedian or was it written in the stars? It was written in the stars of David. What do I have to know about being gay in the South? Because it's very different, I think, than being gay in New York. Okay, here's what you have to know. I am Louisiana South, okay? Okay. Eureka is Johnson City, Tennessee South. Yes. Now look, that's, that's, woo, that's a little, that's Mountain South. You know what, like those, those are, those are, we, we call them hillbillies. (laughs) Where I'm from, where I'm from, we're rednecks. What's the difference? Well, it the difference is uh, there. There's like uh, hillbillies are known for not wearing shoes. They're, the hillbillies <laughs> don't like to wear shoes. That kind of southerner is the non-shoe wearing yeah. southerner. We live near swamps. You have to wear shoes, or a water moccasin's gonna take your left toe off. And a water moccasin isn't isn't a kind of shoe. A water moccasin is a snake. Got it. I thought it was a shoe. Snake. Okay. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. You have to wear. You you should wear moccasins in the water so that the water moccasins don't get you. <laughs> you know, Southern people. I'm from New Orleans originally. We we're parade people. We will throw a damn parade for anything. Uh, the Mardi Gras started down there, so I think that influenced gay culture a lot. Gays love to throw a parade. Yes. Uh, we will march for almost damn anything. I mean, I feel like I have marched for some very. Uh, dubious causes in the name of of lesbianism (laughs) so we had people call in and tell us their first queer crush who was your first queer crush uh mine was olivia newton john (gasps) my mother's idea of placating me was putting me in front of a television Mm -hmm. that i would just sit there indian style in my underwear and my liberty land t-shirt and i was just happy as fuck watching every show you were gonna say happy as a clam which would be totally appropriate (laughs) sitting there just in front of my tv and grease was on a lot and when olivia newton john comes out in those leather pants Mm -hmm. and she is smoking that cigarette and mm-hmm. she just throws it down and puts it out with her little heel. 
Lord, that just did something for me. I didn't understand that I was in love with her. Like I wanted her to be my mom. Like I wanted Olivia Newton-John to just put me in that car, fly off with me, and we would go live a life that had nothing to do with these banal, basic people I was fucking living in a house with. Yeah, and, and I'm telling you, when we're young, it's not about, oh my God, I want to like bang this person or, oh my God, I want no. uh, you know, to. I wanted me, her to hold me. Yes. God, yeah. we are so <laughs> lesbian. Okay, Jen, so today we have Eureka O'Hara. I, lo- I love Eureka so damn much. And Eureka- I love Eureka for like 80 reasons. First of all, that she's Southern. But honey, anytime I see a big girl just embracing it, her, Absolutely. her website, do you know what her website is? Her Elephant website Queen? is Eureka the Elephant Queen. Yes! Which kills me because I say all the time when people say, oh my God, you have such a good memory because I remember names like crazy. <laughs> I'll be like, well, elephants never forget. I say oh. that all, I have a big elephant Two elephants what? on my tattooed on my Shut arm. Up, that's so cool. Yeah, right around my Buddha tattoo. So I am so elephant, and I had no idea that she was oh, yeah. too until she came into my life, and now I can't get enough of yeah. Eureka O'Hara. And guys, Jen is going to be on the Don't Tell My Mother podcast uh, in a few short weeks, telling a hilarious, very, very queer story. <laughs> I really can't believe I lived that story. We are unbuckling the Bible belt, babe. That's what we're doing. I love it. Here is me and Eureka right after this. Just don't tell my mother. Just don't. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Eureka, it's so good to see you. Hey, I'm so excited to finally be here. Tell me where you are right now. Um, I'm in my West Hollywood apartment where I've been quarantining most of this time, being as safe as possible. Um, I'm honestly just like being creative and crafty over here in the neighborhood. I love the neighborhood, especially during Pride Month. And tell me this, you know, it seems like there are people who were either killing it in quarantine or who just totally lost their shit. Which one are you? I am both, sister. I'm going to be honest. When this first happened, I was losing it. You know, uh, as an extroverted person, it was really hard for me to understand how to navigate through uh, quarantine and being alone and not hugging people. And, you know, without the physical attention as well as, like, the social interaction, I'm a very social person, very extroverted. But I've actually learned that I'm more of an extrovert, introvert through this process. Yes. I've learned how to, like, be my own best friend and like hell yeah do you live alone i do live alone 
So are are you able to get because like for me, like my love language, right? Like words of affirmation because I'm needy and physical touch. Oh my God, I'm the same way. I know. I could I could see. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely a physical touch person. I'm a hugger, you know, so that's been different. But, you know, honestly, weirdly, I learned so much about myself through this quarantine where I feel like I know myself better than ever. I feel like I love myself more than ever. And I've honestly taken better care of myself than I ever have. Eureka, I'm so proud of you because I know that hasn't always been the case for you, right? You haven't always loved yourself and you've talked openly about that. Tell me what little Eureka was like. Like, I want to hear what you were like as a little kid. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I, you know, as a younger kid, I loved movies. I just, Mm -hmm. I got lost in movies. I didn't really watch a lot of TV. I was obsessed with movies. I was that kid that could tell you the name of every actor that was in every movie, what they played, why'd they play it, um, so on and so forth. I was very obsessed with movies. It was kind of like my escape. I was always the bigger kid. Um, So I was kind of a loner, but I was very social at school. So at school, I was very social with everybody. I was kind of like the happy, funny, you know, you, you very you very quickly as the bigger kid find a way to make people laugh and find a way to make people like you. Um, but you always kind of take up a lot of space. So there's also an inconvenience about being the size I was. I got very yeah. tall very early. Um, I was like almost six foot in like the middle school. So holy shit. Yeah, I got, I was a big old a big old uh, tater walking around. You know, that's what <laughs> that's what my uh, granny used to call Aww. me. She's like, come here, tater. <laughs> Were you a feminine kid growing up? Oh yeah, I'm still a feminine kid. <laughs> <laughs> I remember to this day, like I got these little pair of boots, honey. My mama got them at a yard sale, and they had like a little <laughs> heel on them, and like all these laces. So I had to like tie them up and like make them all these extra like big bow. And uh, I just thought I was the it, honey, in these boots. I went walking down our gravel driveway with my bicycle, and I was just staring at my shoes the whole time um, and thought I was the one. And I hopped on that bicycle and was like, I'm going to go down this giant, huge, sloped gravel driveway because I have these fierce boots on and stare at my boots the whole time. Within three seconds, I had wrecked (laughs) on this gravel driveway and, like, Mashing the ground and like was like, yeah, all bloody. The neighbors are running at me, and I was just there, like, are my boots okay? (laughs) Got it. So that sums up like, I see, baby Eureka. (laughs) That was probably one of those first moments where I just wanted fabulous things. You know what I mean? Pretty and feminine and fabulous. Like I always just wanted to be fabulous. Mm -hmm. You know, ever since I can remember, I was like, why can't I just be fabulous? And well, I can now, you know, I wish I knew then what I know now, but I probably wouldn't be here now if I did then. I don't know. Who knows? You know, Mm -hmm. the journey. (laughs) That's right. Don't stop believing, baby. (laughs) Um, Growing up in, you know, rural East Tennessee, being flamboyantly queer. What did you hope or want your life to be like when you got older? What I saw for myself in the future was I always kind of did dream of like, being very much like the Chris Farley or the John Candies or the John Goodmans or the Queen Latifah or, you know, I had such adoration for um, these plus size comedic type characters in that the films that I watched. Yeah, those yeah. were my heroes for sure. And then my mom. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your mom. What was she like? You know, it's weird. Ever since she passed away, I know even more about her, it feels like. But I just always was... I wasn't very social outside of school, so I was with my mom a lot. Um, 
So she would just tell me stories about her life. So I got to learn a lot about her. But she's um, very social. She was always, like, loving and took care of everybody. I think I'm very like that. She was very much the mother. You know, she was also 6'1". So she was a big lady. She had curly hair. She loved to, like, fluff it out, like, very 80s. You know, it it was always cut in, like, a stacked cut. But she had curly hair, so she would pick it out with a pick and you know, put all the mousse in it and the products to make it fluffy and delicious. And Ooh, she sounds so glamorous and beautiful. I could picture her. She's a superstar. You know, she was just a badass bitch, to be honest. She just, like, rocked it out. She worked She worked twelve um, seven days a week, 12 hours a day sometimes. She did a man's job. She would, you know, my dad had a pool business yes. and my papa at one point, and she would go to work with them and dig the holes out for, like, underground pools. Like, she was very unafraid. Mm-hmm. She worked in a factory um, most of my teenage years until I was about like 16. She had an accident with her back and she had some, uh, she ended up being disabled and having disintegrated discs and depression and things like that. Um, but she had a lot of back problems just from all the hard labored work she did. Of course. Um, she had the spirit of a 450 pound like muscle man you know what i mean but in reality physically she was you know a six foot you know very well framed and strong woman yes Mm -hmm. but you know she just pushed herself and pushed herself um to where it kind of broke her body down so um you know in her later 40s she became disabled because of her back but honey i'm telling you in her heyday she would run with the best of them she sounds like a force yeah, she was a diva. She was an Amazon, literally. I mean, that's why I, like, fell in love with my drag mother, too, because she was such an Amazon. You know, it's like I'm attracted to just strong women uh, yes. because of my mom. You know, and I think that's what helped create Eureka, this character, and like the strong woman persona. is like, you know, I was raised by the strongest woman I ever saw, you know? <laughs> what was your mom's name? Eureka, actually. No way! You named yourself after her. Yeah, so her name is actually, like, Olika. It's like Olika. It's U-L-R-I-K-E from Alrika. Germany. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just decided to spell mine like the vacuum cleaner so Americans would be able to say it. Yes. I mean, literally when I was growing up, people would call like <laughs> the business collectors would be like, um, or the bill collectors would be like, is all right Stacy there? And I'm like, no, but Eureka <laughs> Stacy is here. <laughs> you know, so I didn't want people being like, oh, all right, O'Hara. So I was like, I spelled it like the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Good choice. Good choice. So your mother was a huge inspiration, obviously. What about drag inspired you? Like, what what drew you to it? I grew up with three women, so I always idolized and wanted to be one of the girls. Yes. Um, and I was never able to yes. be one of the girls, you know? So um, when, I, when I found drag, it just felt like it was for me. <laughs> you know, like, this is also, like, very Southern drag. Like, you know, it's very comedic, high mm-hmm. glam. Um It was really about all the glamour. You know, honestly, uh, I think drag where I come from, it's because in in smaller towns like that and in the country, you know, there's a there's a large poverty uh, level like of Mm -hmm. of living. And it's like everyone's kind of poor. It's not like, you know, there's not a lot of rich people around. So it's like everyone's like considered middle class, but really in the grand scheme of the country poor, like they're lower class. Totally. You know, but in that area, things aren't as expensive as it is California. But girl, what you make there and what you survive on, you would literally be homeless here in LA. Yes, <laughs> you know totally, what I'm saying? Totally. Um, so uh, with that being said, um, g- drag is very like, 
there made to kind of give us a way to feel glamorous and rich. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. At least for me, especially. That's what Hell I loved yes. about it is it was like, you can be whatever you want to be. So it's all about the high glam and the costumes and the fantasy and the big jewelry and the looking as rich as you can look and, and being yes. the queen and regal and um, feeling important, you know, in a society or a city or a town where you're honestly more mocked and probably pushed around or maybe picked at or made fun of or really not even seen at all. You know what I'm saying? So this is a place where you can be somebody. What was your mom's reaction when you started to do drag? I actually was lucky. I mean, at first, my mom was a little against drag just because she felt like I was spending way too much money on it and not (laughs) taking care of my responsibilities. And she was right. You know, I was partying. I was using it as a reason to kind of go out. Um, I didn't take it seriously until a few few years in. Mm. Um, When I met my drag mother, Jacqueline St. James, actually, and she just really, like, showed me how empowering and beautiful it was. And she was such an Amazon herself. And she was bigger built and would dance and fling her ponytail around and be so glamorous. And I was just like, oh, my God, I love this. Hell yeah. How did you meet your drag mother? How did you meet Jacqueline St. James? I just saw her in a show. Honestly, I saw her in a show at New Beginnings in Johnson City, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. She came out and she was performing uh, that song, Boom, I Fucked Your Boyfriend. You know what I'm talking about? I don't, but I want to know. It's like, boom, I fucked your boyfriend. I fucked your man. Boom, I fucked. You know what I'm talking about? No? No, but I, I love it. She'll know the name of it, I'm sure, okay, for you. But okay. uh, I don't know if we can curse on here, can we? Fucking hell, yes, we can. And you still talk to Jacqueline St. James, right? Of course. Oh, my God. She's like, she's my adult best friend and drag mother. And honestly, I don't know what I would do without her. Um, I I still, I mean, she's my mother. You know, my mom was always my mom. And Jacqueline, since I was about 19 years old, has been my mother. You know what I mean? So she's helped raise me. As an adult, really. You know what I mean? My mom raised me, but um, as an adult human being, like who raised David, the like gender neutral, partisan, eureka character creature that is able to be a success would be Jacqueline. Can we grab her on the phone? Do you think she'd pick up if you call Oh her? my God. You think she'll answer? I, I, yeah, I think so. She's a diva. She'll answer. I hope. <laughs> Just don't tell my mother. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, let's call your mother. Oh, mama! Hi, Jack. Yes. Is that your husband there too? Yes, this is my husband, Jack. Jack oh, and Jack. No, that's that's Daddy <laughs> St. James, honey. Yep. That's Hi, Daddy. Is. <laughs> oh, we have the whole we have the oh. whole family. Oh my God, this is so fun! I'm so excited to see you both. Hey, Jacqueline. I was just talking to Eureka about you. Oh Lord. <laughs> Where are you coming to us from? Because it does not look like you're in California. Uh, I'm in my RV, actually, in our den in uh, Bluff City, Tennessee. Well, I am so excited to have you. Thank you so much for joining. And this means that we have to embarrass Eureka together. 
Um, tell me what Eureka was like in her early baby drag days. Loud. Um, <laughs> she was very, she was very loud and outgoing. The first time I saw Jacqueline St. James, I told you earlier she was doing "Boom, I fucked your boyfriend." Um, a sweet pussy Polly <laughs> mix um, in a in a pink and white and nude fringe dance costume. Wow. Um, with a with a slick back brown ponytail, and she was dancing for the kids. And I just lost my mind seeing this beautiful Amazon, like this powerful woman that reminded me of even my mom. Like it just inspired me so much to want to see what this was about. Like I was like, oh, I want to be a part of this. This looks fabulous. Yes. You know what I mean? And my mother, Jacqueline, she's like high glam drag. So she had, wow. you know, the big chunky earrings that sparkle, the big hair, the the big beautiful makeup, you know, of course her enormous boobies, you know, her <laughs> like... <laughs> Jack is like, I love the boobies. I love them. <laughs> Daddy Definitely. is a titty man. That is for sure. That is for sure. <laughs> well, if you want to sell the merchandise, you got to put the goods in the window. Exactly. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> shit, yeah. Daddy. Like I've said before, like my mom, Eureka, obviously raised me as a human being. But like as an adult, I was raised by Jacqueline. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is the person that I went to with like, my queer issues, my concerns, like through my gender expression and trying to figure out my path through gender expression, like, you know, her and daddy actually both would be the people I would go and sit and talk with. And there were many occasions because I also don't have a relationship with my father. So like even daddy St. James, there were moments where he would have to be like, well, now, girl, I think this is probably what you should be doing, you know, like and take that like the fatherly approach. So it's like I was very mm-hmm. blessed with um, a queer set of parents, you know, and in the queer community. We often um, don't get to uh, live openly and expressively with our own families. So when we get to create our families, which is something Jacqueline um, had already in Johnson City that I was lucky enough to become a part of, it just makes you feel like you belong um, when you've been kind of beat down by society and by your peers and made to feel like you don't belong. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Was there ever a time when you had to call Eureka out? There's been many times I've had to call Eureka out and calm her down or, you know, rein her in. She would get mad and I would say, oh, no, bitch, come on, you know, get get right back in your head. You know, you know, you're, you're going off. It's time to slow down, usually with men or boys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my, Jacqueline is like that mama for me. Yeah. I've never been afraid to tell her when I thought she was messing up or... Mm-hmm. Um, when you know she was uh, about to step in it, but you know I I love her, but I love her enough to go upside her head when she's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so you're so you're a true southern mother. That's what you're saying, right? Oh, I'm yeah. very a true southern mother. That's the kind of the way. That's the way I was raised. <laughs> Is there a time that Eureka just drove you to the edge? Oh my god! Well, this was very early Eureka's career, and she had uh, used my station. Oh. At, in the dressing room at the, at the club the night before I was to work. And uh, I came into work that night, and I'll be honest, I've never been, uh, when it comes to my station at the club, I've never been a neat freak. I've always left hair laying around and, you know, and shoes and stuff like that. So it's never been, my station's never been neat. Well, I came in and it was completely neat. I mean, just everything was put away. It was cleaned. It had been wiped down. My mirror was cleaned. And and it was just immaculate. And I was so impressed. And I said, what happened? And you're like, well, I cleaned your station for you, mom. I just, I, it was messed up. And, and uh, she said, I thought I would just clean it for you. And I, just to show you that I love you and I appreciate you. And I was like, 
oh, how sweet. Well, thank you. And so I went along with the night. Well, I had a box under my table that I kept shoes in. So I needed a pair of shoes out of that box. So I pulled the box out and it was full of powder. I oh mean, there was just God. powder all over these shoes. And, and I said, <laughs> what happened? Why is there powder all in my shoes? And, and one of the other girls in the show, Eureka's aunt, or sister actually, <laughs> Andrea, she said, oh, Eureka spilled powder on your shoe, on your <gasps> station last night. Which Eureka. means she had just cleaned my station because <clears throat> she had to, and then just took credit like it was some altruistic good deed. Well, that pissed me <laughs> off royally. So I sent somebody to go get her in the dress from you know and bring her to the dressing room, and I let her know with a quickness that that was not what was going to happen. That she was not to lie to me like that. I did not appreciate that, and she was not going to get away with it. And basically, I was probably a little harder harder on her than I should have been. But knowing Eureka, I had to set that tone with her because if she thought that she could get over on me, she would have. I mean, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just yeah. It's just when. When your children, you know, the children test their limits. So I had to set that limit that she would not be, you know, um, <laughs> dishonest with me and take credit for things uh-huh. credit would do. So I sent her packing, and she left the dressing room and sat in the in the back of the bar the rest of the night. <gasps> oh God! Did you really, Eureka? From what I, I from mean, what I've heard, I tell you, Mama. Okay, this Mama is such a classy lady that mm-hmm. she told this in a much much classier way than it actually went down. She read me. She read me <laughs> to the ground. She read me to the ground. Um, I was completely involved. I was so young. I was a baby queen. I was like probably 19, 20 well, years old. Uh-huh. Um, and oh, and yeah. was just too eager to like impress Jacqueline St. James, former yes. Risky USA at large, like wow. the mama of the bar. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I cleaned your station. Doesn't it look nice? When really the night before I was like in shambles crying because my friends spilled powder all over the station because they were drunk. And I was like cleaned up, freaking out. Like, so that's really what happened. But I didn't want her to know that because I was like trying to look like the perfect little. <laughs> so it wasn't even you who spilled, it was your friend? Or are you lying? Well, but no, I will it, check was, you. it was, no, I was not lying. I did not lie. Um, it was my friend for sure, but it was my responsibility because we actually weren't supposed to have people back there. Mm-hmm. And I was using. Jacqueline St. James's station. And so, I mean, it was my responsibility regardless because I decided to set in her station, which I did not do after that. Um. (laughs) (laughs) So you learned your lesson. Oh, mama, I learned my lesson. It was actually one of the most influential, like, lesson moments for me, I think, just in general. I was so young and I was so influential that being taught that lesson then, just, like, be accountable, you know what I'm saying? Be open and be honest and, like, then you will find real trust and real companionship in somebody. Amen. Like that's what I learned in that moment from her. And that's when, and honestly, weirdly that crazy moment, I think her also seeing that it really did affect me in an emotional way, but it actually like, I cared what she had said to me. And then yes. I made it a point to, um, to change in the future with her. And I, you know, had a different respect for her. Like, that's really where our relationship began to blossom as mother and daughter was like, she realized then that I had respect for her yes. because I, I took the, I took the, the butt whooping mm-hmm. <laughs> and I came back and apologized <laughs> yes. and I made sure to start acting right. <laughs> so. Mama, mama, I, I wouldn't mess with you. And, and, and you're right though. As kids, we need, we need boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that Jackie also helped you through your gender journey Tell me what that was like, Eureka. I mean, I don't know. I grew up with women. I always felt very more feminine 
than not, you know what I mean? And when I had met like Jacqueline and my roommate at the time, Serena was also trans. Like I was really like attracted to the trans lifestyle. Um, Mother, is it okay if I refer to you as trans? Yes, of course. Okay, thank you. Um, well, because you're a woman to me, obviously, that's all you are. But, you know, to label someone as a trans I'm woman. I'm a trans woman, obviously. that's okay. Thank you so much. Um, I, you know, so having idols that were trans women as well, like I just always felt different and that female part of me was missing, you know, and mm-hmm. um, I, I kind of grew a hatred towards my father because of situations I went through with him and abuse and uh, this idea that I was like beaten to my head about what a man was supposed to be, that I was really very anti my masculinity and um, myself as a male. And so when I came out as an adult, you know, I just wasn't happy. I didn't feel comfortable or confident until I was around um, my trans friends, you know, my mm-hmm. my gender queer friends. Like that's where I found safety and comfort because I was different like them. You know, I was just wired differently um, than the people I was around. You know, that's how my mind worked. So I did transition to live as uh, a female because I met Jacqueline and my friend Serena. And, you know, Jacqueline really helped me through that process of my life, honestly, the most. We kind of became friends as um, through with my transition before we really got close with drag, to be honest, first, I think. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I beca- she became more my trans mother in a way wow. before my drag mother. How do you remember that, Mom? I'm just going to call Jackie Mom because she's like mom to me. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Eureka's right. I was kind of mentoring her and, and helping her along the way because when I came out, I felt like I was the only one. You know, I felt completely alone and I never wanted her to feel that way. Um, and I just did my best to help her avoid the pitfalls that I went into when I first came out and transitioned. Mm-hmm. And two, I saw a lot of myself in her. Um, you know, we both grew up uh, very similarly. We were both large people and um, being a big, huge person and then trying to be a trans woman is kind of um, difficult to say the least. Luckily, we live in East Tennessee where all the women look like linebackers. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I remember t- talking about it with you a couple times before we had like the talk talk. I was like bringing it up occasionally and she was just like, girl, you know, she was like, only you can make that decision. Like, I'm here for you. You know, as soon as you make the decision, you come here First, you let me know, you know, we'll, we'll make it happen. And I, I went, I remember the day I went to you, I was just like, I can't do it anymore. I just have to do it. And she was like, well, she said, I need to go through my closet anyway. And she pulled me into her. Wow. She, she pulled me into her back room and she went through all her clothes and just gave me so many things, you know, bras and, and shirts and pants and just anything that she didn't need and jewelry and makeup and just, you know, anything that she could spare, she gave to me. You know, and um, and I went home and I threw away all my boy clothes and, um, you know, just and just started wearing, you know, most literally, I mean, her wardrobe, really, you know, um, <laughs> and I already had makeup and stuff. And it continued into drag. Yeah. And some drag. She threw some drag at me, too. She said, she said, here, you might as well have this dance costume, girl. Get out there stretching. You're going to need to make a dollar. Honey. You got to pay for this. <laughs> right. Being trans is expensive. Did that identity as a trans woman, how did that sit with you? Because I know you had some changes since then. Oh, for me, I mean, honestly, I I lived it for a, a, about five years, almost like four or five years, uh, very heavily. I mean, went to college, everything. It was just my life. It didn't feel 
wrong or anything. It felt correct, actually. When I decided to retransition, it was more because I felt very held back by my insecurity as a trans person. People don't understand the pressure and the pain and the struggle that comes with being um, authentically yourself in a community that it's really looked down upon. And, you know, I just wasn't strong enough at the time, to be honest, I don't think, to be able to live fully as the trans woman I was living as at that point, because it took me to a really dark place. You know, the negativity and the looks and the, and the, the mistreatment by people, I just wasn't able to like withstand it at the time because I was going through such an insecure point in my life where I was just like trying to figure out who I was and did I make the wrong decision? I was second guessing everything. Mm-hmm. Personally, I I felt like something was missing. Like I, I felt I did it young and I was like, oh, maybe I need to give myself a shot as like a gay man and retransition to that. Um, like I didn't give David a chance, right? Is how I felt. Is that your real name? Yeah, my full name is David Lee Hugger Jr., um, and when I went to Jacqueline again, it was really like transitioning all over again. Um, and that's why I say retransition, because literally it was those same talks that we had before. And she sat there and like talked to me through them all, mm-hmm. you know, and like really um, as difficult as it was, you know, it, she she coached me even through that retransition of like trying to play this gay male role, which I quickly learned was not who I was at all. You know, so it's been quite a retransitional <laughs> journey, like several times in my life where I've had to like retransition. And now I find my um, solidarity in being genderqueer, non-binary, because honestly, I'm extremely feminine. I, you know, I could consider myself trans, but I don't present myself in a way that I feel like is respectfully trans for my own personal identity. So that's why I don't identify now as a trans female. So that's where I find my comfort in non-binary because I think that um, I have just such a high respect for trans females that I can't, um, I just can't call myself that without doing, without presenting myself in a way where um, I have to also deal with the struggles that trans women truly face. I've experienced it. You know what I'm saying? So that's where Mm -hmm. I found my comfort in being non-binary. When she did transition, I remember talking to her about it and I was, afraid honestly that she was doing it for the wrong reasons um and i didn't want her to make that mistake and i remember the day she came into my salon and we cut her hair i stood there in tears and literally cried while i was cutting her hair because i was it was really emotional because i was afraid she was making i was afraid she was taking a few steps backwards but um i was wrong and she's she's found herself and her identity and if she wants to change again in the future, that's fine, too, because gender is a spectrum. It's not black or white. It's all shades in between. And um, I think anybody should have the freedom to live in that spectrum wherever they want at the time that it makes them feel you know, that way. Mm-hmm. I think that's why non-binary and genderqueer works for me, because I do play on the line. I do teeter back and forth on this spectra- spectrum of um, society's roles for male and female identity and i think that's where we as a society are growing you know and jacqueline's always been so helpful to me and loving and accepting to my decisions of being able to like teeter back and forth and not have to pick a side because i think that's the hardest part when it comes to gender is like even as a trans person or a non-binary person or whatever we're pushed into these roles and like what you do and what you don't do and what you can and what you can't do you know when it comes to like how you identify and how you act and how you talk or how you dress or you know 
How do and you see yourself? Bullshit. Na- it is bullshit. I mean, I think mama is always going to see me as a lady because she knows me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think in in real, in all honesty, and to me, my relationship with Jacqueline will always be female, I think, too. Like, in mine and Jacqueline's relationship, like, I'll always connect with her in that way with my female trans identity that I do have as a part of my gender neutral spectrum. You'll always be my daughter. Yeah. So, like, we're always going to be Jacqueline and Eureka to each other, the, the, that gendered spectrum that we, like, love each other for, I guess. Like, and, right. and that's, and I need it, honestly, because it is a part of myself that's a big part of who I am that, um, is hard for me to express at times, but never with her. What's the best advice, Jackie, that you could give Eureka directly to Eureka? Eureka, not everybody has to love you, child. <laughs> the main person that has to love you is you. Love yourself. And mm. don't ever set a limit for yourself. There's nothing you can't do. Not a damn thing. And the only thing that holds you back is yourself. So get out of your head, focus on the work, and be the star that you are. You know, I miss my mom so much. But I miss my mother even more sometimes, you know. Um, and I just love her, and I'm so blessed to, like, have... I'm so blessed to have you, Jacqueline, in my life, to be honest, because, you know, you always bring me back to center, even if it's just a phone call, you know, and it's like, sometimes I know it's like, I'm over here in Hollywood and I'm just, I feel like such a, a small person in such a big place. But like, when I call you, you just always remind me I'm such a big person, in such a small world, you know? Um, and you always mm-hmm. help my, my star shine bright and my confidence, but, um, you all, you just make me feel less alone in the world, you know? I don't feel as lonely. Well, as long as I'm here, you'll never be alone. Um, <laughs> I love you so much. I miss you terribly. I I wish you were back here in Tennessee where I could uh, come pick you up and us go run around like we used to. But I would never, I would not deny this chance for you for a million, a million dollars or anything. I want you to succeed. And I know you will. There's no doubt in my mind that you're not going to mm-hmm. rule the world one day. And I'm just glad to have been a small part of that and that you allowed me to be there. And I'm so grateful to your bio mother because I loved her too. And she was a great lady. And uh, I'm I'm glad for what she gave me uh, in you. And and that's a gift I could never repay. My God, I love you so much. (laughs) Daddy, we love you too. Daddy, we love you. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. You're making me cry in the closet. I know. I I love moms and kids. I love moms and kids. Jacqueline, you are you you are a light. Eureka, you are lucky to have her. You really are. I am. I know. I know that. You're lucky she's she joined us on this call from her RV on her day off with her dogs and her husband. Like she doesn't have better things to do. Is that right? Jacqueline St. James, Daddy St. James. Thank you so much for being here from East Tennessee. Eureka, you are a star. I am so excited for the second season of We're Here. Beyond excited for that show. I love you three. I feel like I have extended Tennessee and family. And we will be back with more yes, episodes you do. of Don't You're Tell My Mother. And just remember, if it's not one thing, it's, it's your, your mother. mother. <laughs>
Thanks for tuning in, my friends, and happy Pride. Get your fanny over to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods and subscribe to Don't Tell My Mother. Go on, give us a five-star review, or tell us what you want to hear or who you want to hear. We do this for you, and we do it to build community and love. So give us your feedback, give us your thoughts. We love it. Follow us on Instagram at Don't Tell My Mother, and follow me at Nikki Levy, N-I-K-K-I-L-E-V-Y. Be kind to yourselves. Your story is vital and so are you. We love you. Don't Tell My Mother is created, hosted, and executive produced by Nikki Levy, my daughter. The show is executive produced by John Cryer. Oh my God, I love him. And Lisa Joyner and Jody Zuckerman Weiner at Discount Sushi. Our producer is Liza Glukoft. Co-producer, Andrew Condon. Mixed and edited by Donovan Bullen. Theme song by Donovan Bullen and Joe McKenzie. Distributed by Acast. Now go call your mothers. Just don't, just don't, just don't. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.